Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on in to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Not so bad. Not as bad as it could have been. New York Yankees win the series against the Baltimore Orioles, headed into a four-game test in Tampa Bay against the Rays, the first time they're playing the Rays this season. But it doesn't really feel real if the Yankees lose this series. Well, injury concerns. If the Yankees win this series, oh my God, the season is so beyond ridiculous. If they split the series, fine. And again, if they lose the series, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's the kind of uh, luxury you get when you're 31 and 13 in first place. You could be the Teflon team. You can go, ah, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. We were hurt. We'll, we'll see you later in the year. Nothing matters until we say it does. Uh, but I would like to beat the Rays a couple of times this weekend at Tropicana Field, four game set. Uh, not fair. Ballpark should be condemned, should have already exploded, but the Yankees do have to play there four times. We are going to talk about the pitching matchups and the prep and talk about what we just witnessed in the O series. They lost the first one. They never should have lost that, and they came back to win the next two, each in very distinct and different fashion. Jose Trevino, come get your flowers. J.P. Sears, come get your flowers. Ron Marinaccio, come get your flowers. We're going to talk about it all while previewing the next set. Of course, the bullpen, though, is in shambles. A lot of names who you were not expecting to rely on are going to have to step up. And a lot of the names you thought you could rely on who weren't good for the first month and a half of the season are now not even available to you. Is that better? Is it worse? Not sure. And the lineup is going through it as well. There's half a roster headed to Tampa, and they've got to do their job because that's what they're paid to do. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome on into the podcast. Again, 31-13. When you're 29-13 and 13 after being 28-9, start to get mad. When you give up that home run to Rudy and Odor, start to get really frustrated. When you win that baseball game, it does feel like that switch was flipped again. That was flipped off the first time by the Josh Donaldson comments in the Sunday doubleheader sweep. The nonsense really only lasted three and a half games. And now the Yankees going to Tampa riding a bit of a high, but at the very least setting themselves up so that they're entering with the best record in baseball, with the best record in the American League, with a sizable chunk between them and the Rays in the American League East. Just hold serve here and you'll be fine. I agree. I'm feeling good. Um, weird turn of events how uh, you were expecting Garrett Cole to stop that, that, that mini nosebleed after the White Sox doubleheader. 
Um, he can't get the job done. Had a that was the first stat line in MLB history of that kind. It was like wait, eight innings, five earned, eleven strikeouts, no walks, um, something insane. Um, and it was frustrating because once again, it would it turned into a situation where it was like, oh great, we have Cole on the mound. Like let's easy for him to just dispel the na- further dispel the narrative from earlier in the season when everybody was getting frustrated after those first three starts, um, which were all very bad. Bad, um, bad, bad comes out, allows allows five after getting run support in the first, and then after Aaron Judge bails him out with the game-tying two-run homer. Um, and then the Yankees respond in the most unexpected fashion possible. You have the Jose Trevino game, which is going to go down as an iconic Yankee moment among the diehards um, just because he's such a lovable guy and also the circumstances that surrounded um, his situation. Uh, that was uh, his father's birthday the other night. His father um, has been gone for uh, nine years now. Um, about, he battled an illness and died at 60 years old. Um, Trevino last year, I believe, hit a game had a game-winning hit um, on uh, Father's Day. I think it was 2018. He, he's only ever had two walk-offs in his life. And it was Tuesday in the Bronx uh, in a game the Yankees had no business winning and could have lost 100 different times. Yeah. Um, I mean, they took that 3-1 lead in the seventh. Of course, they had business winning the game at that point. But then uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery all over the place yeah. and, and did exactly what he had to do to lose the game, which is what he does every time he pitches. Again, good starter. He's your five starter. Legitimately, whatever it takes for him to not take home a win is what will happen in a Jordan Montgomery start. And took a 3-1 lead in the seventh, and, and Austin Hayes took him short porch. I was at this game with my dad, and as the pitch was being delivered, I said, Hayes is going to take him out. And he did, and I got punched in the arm. Pitch is in the air. Like, I got it out before the bat connected, but I was 100% right, because that's what Jordan Montgomery does. Um, he, you know, he had wriggled out of a previous second and third jam with a 3 nothing lead, which is a ribby ground out. I was like, oh, I thought that was going to be 3-2. I thought he'd give up a game-tying home run next inning. I thought we'd have a problem. But, no, it's only 3-1. I guess we're okay. No. Uh, he figured out a way to get it done, and Michael King followed up with another sort of ineffective outing following a, a two-run struggle against the White Sox the other day. Throwing 97 down the middle doesn't have quite the same effectiveness if you're not snapping breakers off the corners. Odor hit one of the short force two, 5-3. So Trevino homered earlier in the game, tied the game at 5-5 with a two-out hit, the very next bottom of the seventh. That's why they were able to come back and win this game. Yeah. Bad feelings didn't even linger for a whole half inning. They go down five, three. It's the kind of thing that felt like a smack in the face. And then Torres is the second homer of the game. And Trevino immediately delivers and, and ties the game up in a part of the lineup that has no business even being on base. It's Connor Falefa, Marwin Gonzalez, you know, Aaron Hicks is in there. He's batting six. Like these guys, there's no, there's not even going to be traffic for you. And somehow Trevino manages the guys on base, get get ahead of him, get on base ahead of him, and Trevino knocks in the runs. Then he walks off, and, and yeah, like you said, that was his second career walk-off. The first was right after he got called up on Father's Day 2018. That's right. Yeah. You watch that interview, and it's spectacular, just like Tuesday's was. This was an all-time moment. This is the kind of re- this is the reason you watch baseball games uh, in pursuit of something more than a World Series. Um, you know, the, the 2022 Yankees seem pretty special. I think they have a shot at a World Series if they're able to get healthy in time for the playoffs and are able to maintain this lead. You know, I, I'm feeling great about them. This is not a commentary on their chances in October, but you watch you watch the baseball season in hopes that you might attend something as interesting and amazing as this Trevino game. 
um, you know, walks off with that line drive down the line after Connor Falefa knocks in the ghost runner, ties the game, and you're kind of like, well, that's a nice exhale, but there's obviously more to be done here. We can't be doing another third inning of Clark Schmidt. Like, there's a free guy on second every inning. You got to win this game. You can't keep kicking the can down the line. Trevino, again, Marwan Gonzalez is on base. Not sure how that happened, but he lined one in the right. Trevino knocks a single, yelling Poppy at the sky in honor of his late father. And it's the day of the shooting in Texas. Trevino is Texas born and raised, uh, played for the Rangers. And immediately that's the first thing he mentions in his postgame speech. Doesn't even mention the stuff about his father until he gets to the locker room and sort of reveals everything that's going on. Uh, historically great. And, and no matter what happens for the rest of the season, probably will go down as one of the five most memorable games of the year, I yeah. would suspect. And like, like you were saying, Everybody, look at that doubleheader sweep, right? And it's not real. It's not a real losing streak until Garrett Cole can't win that game. Because I don't think any of us were expecting anything better than two out of three from the O's. I think a sweep would have been gravy. But I think the Orioles called up Rutschman. They're sending their three best pitchers against the Yankees in this series. The Yankees lineup is being decimated every day. LeMahieu's wrist hurts. He gets scratched from that Trevino game. Doesn't play Wednesday either. Got the day off on Monday. I think he missed this whole series. Donaldson hits the COVID IL, doesn't have COVID, just like Gallo and Higashioka also didn't have COVID, but they were sick. Uh, so it's really just a sick guy IL, and you can be on it for like three days, and that's just okay. It's another way for people to manipulate the IL these days, which is interesting. But, you, you know, Gallo not there, Higashioka not there, not that that matters. Um, uh, Donaldson still not there, LeMahieu not there, Stanton leaves Tuesday's game early. He's on the IL, we'll talk about him in a bit. Black hole doesn't even begin to mention it. There's like three viable offensive players in the lineup for this series facing good Orioles pitching, facing a good Orioles bullpen, facing a lineup that now looks pretty thick one through six. The bottom of the lineup still is a last place ish group of people, but Rugnado door has been killing them all year. So it's not like the Orioles aren't scary and they play their balls off against this Yankee team. Uh, the way they used to play against the Red Sox when they were bad in their previous era of being bad when they ended the Red Sox uh, 2011 collapse they do that against the Yankees now. The Yankees have managed to be 9-4 and four against the O's earlier this year, despite the fact that the Orioles look totally competent every time they play each other. That's not bad at all. Uh, you enter this series, though. You you hope to win two out of you, – you hope to sweep, but you think two out of three will work, and, and one out of three is kind of a disaster going into the Rays series. But it's not a losing streak till Cole loses. And then, of course, Cole loses, blows a 2 nothing lead, ruins the judge momentum, like you said, and all of a sudden it's a three-game losing streak you're staring down the barrel of. With Jordan Montgomery, who never wins baseball games, and a rookie making his first career start in the third game. That doesn't feel like a scenario where you win the next two and move on and, and accomplish your mission. And all credit to the Yankees, they absolutely moved on and, and you know rallied late in Tuesday's game. That's an extremely memorable win. Clark Schmidt deserves praise, too, getting through a ghost yeah. runner inning without a run scoring. Uh, and getting through a second ghost runner inning with only the one run scoring on a hard hit grounder to third could have been zero again if if the play had been made cleanly. Uh, and the Yankees end up walking that one off. And then, I mean, I wouldn't call Wednesday's effortless either. They barely hit. They got a yeah. run on a, a Miguel Andujar single and a stolen base attempt where the ball was thrown away. But Clay Holmes is basically untouchable. Aaron Hicks gives the Orioles a fourth out in the ninth inning and still no run score. Uh, Holmes is your closer now and forever. And the Yankees take two out of three in a series where, you know, it, it's it, these aren't gimmies. Just because you're seeing the Orioles on the schedule doesn't mean they're gimmies. Once the Yankees lost that first one, which was the game where they had the biggest advantage, they could have easily been swept. And they took two. Yeah, very, very thankful. And I liked what I saw from just about 
everybody in this series outside of Aaron Hicks, who I am, but we're not talking about. I, I'm, uh, he, it keeps getting worse. It's, um, it's yeah, kind of okay. unbelievable. And, and this would have been our third straight podcast Can't. with an Aaron Hicks topic in the corner saying guy sucks, <laughs> sub headline guy is bad. And so we're not going to do that again because we've already done it. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, strikeouts, uh, he's the most overmatched Aaron Hicks at bat I've ever seen late in the Tuesday game with first swinging. Outs. Well, he swung three times in well, that one. He's trying he swung to swing. Swung and missed at a high fastball, uh, came back with a curveball low and in, swung and missed at that, and a fastball, you know, middle of the plate, a little bit up, swings and misses for the third strike. Just three in a row. Fastball up, ball one, swings and misses. Curveball, normal, the classic sequencing, can't see that coming either, and then goes all out trying to hit a fastball and just whiff, whiff, whiff. Uh, you know, le- I mean, legitimately, you could not do worse. Um, seeing no. people pop into the comments, unfortunately, this is three pornography comments. We'll not be acknowledging that. <laughs> In fact, I've got a button where I can block the user. I think I will block the user, unfortunately. But best of the luck viewers, to you. The listeners might want to see what that is. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's someone in the comments who's interesting in performing sexual relations with uh, anyone else who's watching the podcast right now. Uh, so if you'd like to take advantage of that opportunity, feel free. Uh, but they have been blocked from our feed. So you might not see them Good. again unless you seek them out personally. Uh, but yeah, Thomas, uh, you know, get back to uh, get back to the players you were impressed with because obviously Hicks is a whole different animal. And if the roster, if the you know IL had shaken out differently, I don't think he'd be playing every day. Somehow he got a promotion for his incompetence. So Crazy. everybody else though, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sex, um, I like I liked what I saw from all these um, from all these guys that you weren't expecting stuff from Isaiah Connor Falefa. Although he's kind of been oscillating from really productive to what's happening on defense and is this bat really as light as everybody believes it to be or has said it was going to be comes up in a clutch situation Trevino three big hits bottom of the lineup um Marwin worked that walk at some point I forgot when it was that was that was very important and Duhar gets the RBI last night um in a game that where the Yankees only scored two runs um Clark Schmidt like you said um, but I'm giving I'm giving some props here to Aaron Boone, bringing in Clay Holmes in that eighth inning, and saying fuck it, um, you know I'm going for the or uh, yeah the eighth inning and saying fuck it like we are mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to actively try and lose this game which you saw so much last year or it wasn't actively trying to lose it was like we'll hold on we have enough talent we will get it done instead I think Aaron Boone has taken things more into his own hands. I understand there are problems that are going to be birthed out of this, such as Clay Holmes being overworked. We're already seeing Michael King overworked or his honeymoon phase of whatever quickly disappearing. Um, A lot of people previously talking about Michael King as the closer of the future. I really don't think so. Um, I I don't know if he's capable of that. Um, Just like Jonathan Lewisaga, Michael King has only proven himself in this, in like, a partial window last year. And then the first month of this season, every other year is there's a lot more to be desired. There is it's same thing with the wise It's great stuff, but why can't it be all put together? And um, I know the wise got a full, full season of his first full season of that last year. Michael King hasn't even had close to a full season of that. Um, So I pumped the brakes on him. Obviously he's still getting support from us, from fans, um, but we have to be realistic about where these guys are going to be placed. Um, and the fact that his outing unraveled as badly as it did on Tuesday night um, just goes to show the complications that the Yankees are dealing with at the moment. And then man of the hour, dude, 
J.P. Sears last night, five scoreless, first MLB career start. Um, I was confused why he was optioned at the end of the game. I understand the Yankees cannot use him until um, uh, Tuesday, it would be. Um, yeah, Tuesday would be the next time he's able to pitch because he threw uh, career-high 84 pitches for his MLB um, mm-hmm. Uh, for his MLB career. Um, but you're going into this race here. First of all, JP Sears, left-hander family was at the ballpark. They did an interview with. Yes. It was very nice. Please go watch it on social media. Um, he was working his pitches very well, locating that fastball incredibly um, throwing off the timing of the Orioles hitters. Um, once again, not the best team, but JP Sears is a triple a pitcher um, and stymied a big league lineup. Uh, say what you want about the Orioles, but the Orioles are really not that bad. Um, and for J.P. Sears, a guy who elevates his play at as he goes up um, in the in in the system. So um, last year he was at Somerset and really wasn't all that great uh, at Double A Somerset. Fifteen games, eight starts, four point zero nine ERA, one point two four WHIP. Gets the bump to Triple A. Ten starts, two point eight seven ERA, point um, nine eight WHIP. Then starts the year with the Yankees, goes those two scoreless innings, very impressive, goes back down to AAA, 0.83 ERA and 0.6 whip in six games and four starts. That's across 21 and two-thirds innings. Um, And then he comes back up to the big leagues, five scoreless, gets the win, series victory, um, gave the Yankees as much length as he possibly could have. I thought five innings was probably – that's where the line was going to be. That was a per, that was that was a picture perfect outing for a what he's capable of and b for his first major league start. You're not really expecting any more than that. He delivers. Um, I don't. Uh, once again, you look at the. We'll, we'll get into the bullpen in a second. You're looking at the rest of this roster. If JP Sears came up and he was initially used in relief, I don't know why the thinking is okay. Great, he just started. Let's keep him up here. He'll be a. He'll be hanging out for the next five days. And then we can use him out of the bullpen for long relief. Um, maybe use him as an opener or a spot start if if you need that for two, three innings. Um, and then he could pitch maybe three days later. I don't know. Um, I'm just trying to get creative with what this team is dealing with right now because the bullpen is a major problem. We just talked about it a little while ago. Roldis Chapman, injured list. Jonathan Lewisaga, um, injured list. Chad Green, out for the season. And then we can go down the list of guys who are not performing uh where we had expected them to be. Lucas Litke has not been great. Um, Miguel Castro has been good, but his uh, his underlying slash advanced metrics are showing us that he does have blow-up potential, which we've seen him be yeah. erratic at times. Yeah. Um, Wandy Peralta is pitching well, but not pitching a lot. I don't know what's going on there. Um, his workload has picked up over the last week, um, so maybe that maybe he was being saved for a rainy series such as this. Um, you got Clay Holmes, who's already at almost at 24 innings. Um, that's a little bit concerning to me. Michael King's over 27 innings. Um, and then Ron Marinaccio is back. Um, I don't know how much he'll be utilized. My guess here is that we're going to see a lot of Marinaccio. We're going to see a lot of Clark Schmidt. And we're going to, we're going to see a lot of David McKay, the former Ray in this series against Tampa Bay. Oh yeah. But how, how is that going to work? That's are we, like it, this isn't a series punt. The Yankees are working what they have to work with, but um, uh, this is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough grind because we're going to in, in a little while we're going to read you some raised relievers, folks. You're going to have a really, really, really good time listening to these people's names and their stats because it's out of this fucking world. But 
I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to do in this year. You're going to expect a lot of length from the rotation and you're not going to have that much help in the back end. It's tough. God, it's a weird one. I, I think that the reason the behind the Sears demotion, and I don't know if I agree with it, but I think it obviously was up in the bullpen at the start of the year. Like what you saw, I mean, it wasn't, he, this is yeah. his third appearance at the big league level. I believe the other two were scoreless innings against the, yeah. the O's and J's. Seven went right, seven yeah, went, went right down after a great inning. Um, and I think the goal of that demotion was, okay, you know, we, we were watching, we're not using you much. We'd rather you be a starter. So why don't you go to AAA and dominate as a starter? I assume that just coming off this stretch, his other, you know, high in, in pitches thrown was like 69 or, and he got to 84. I mean, yesterday was the platonic ideal of a JP Sears outing. And I think they're kind of just looking and saying he's in rhythm. Now he's stretched out. We don't want to backslide because even if we need relievers, he's still probably going to be close to the last man on the bullpen totem pole. And previously that's been Clark Schmidt and Clark Schmidt goes 10 days without pitching. And he's one of the top pitching prospects in the organization. So at, at a certain point, you can even argue they'd be better served with Schmidt at AAA making regular starts too. I wouldn't argue that now, especially because their bullpen has is full of holes. I mean, there was a point like two weeks ago where you could have said that now you probably need Schmidt every three or four days, especially yeah. if King is going to be tired. Uh, Holmes is tired, I'm sure. I mean, he doesn't look it. He is the most effortless save opportunities you'll ever see. Pumping 97 and 99 on the corners, 15 pitches, 14 strikes yesterday is the most stress I've ever seen him go through when he threw one ball. Uh, Holmes has allowed one run this year, and it was opening day against the Red Sox. Uh, I've enjoyed the Clay Holmes experience tremendously. But you're right, beyond him, there isn't much that we are absolutely confident in. The one reassuring thing, and it's not that reassuring, is that of the losses, Chad Green is probably the one who most impactfully takes away from what the bullpen has been right now. Green lost a great deal of trust among the fan base last year, but his numbers this year were very good. They were getting better prior to his season-ending injuries. So we know Chad Green is someone who wears down as the year goes on, and maybe Green would have – let's say he stays healthy. Maybe he's struggling in August and everyone's furious. But right now, he's the one of those three who's been performing the best. Aroldis Chapman is is coming off an awful April – where he managed to walk the tightrope and maintain a zero ERA, but he goes into May and allows an earned run in five straight games. Looks wrong. Every outing, he looks wrong. You know you're getting a Chapman outing that sucks when he enters and the first pitch is either the backstop or 94 outside, and he looked like that every single time he entered a game. With this Achilles injury, which his last terrible outing, Boone went to the mound. We have given Aaron Boone a lot of credit this year. Boone went to the mound and said, how you doing? And he said, I have an Achilles injury. And Aaron Boone said, okay, continue to finish the game. And then two days went by and they were like, we're thinking about putting him on the IL with the injury that he admitted he had. And he sucks. And then everyone's like, why are you waiting? And then they did put him on the IL. Great, thanks. Right now, losing Chapman, not a loss in the way that you that it might be at another point in time. Loisica has a seven ERA. He's a name you trust. You've seen him have grand success at the big league level last year. Maybe the most valuable reliever in baseball. This year's Loisica was terrible with the same stuff. Still throwing 99 mile an hour sinkers. So you don't watch him and go, there's an injury there. It's not like he's throwing 95 all of a sudden. He's struggling to locate and he's just not nearly as effective. So, mystery regression is the worst case scenario. Well, the worst case scenario is out for the year with an injury that might affect him forever. The second worst case scenario is mysterious regression that Matt Blake can't figure out 
which is what it kind of seemed like for a while. Hey, he's still pitching every two days. Every other outing is good. And then he allows two earned runs and three hits and two walks. And that adds up to a 70 RA, basically giving up a run every two times he appears. Um, so that's bad. And the Jonathan Lewisaga we had this year was, was by and large ineffective. So losing him, let's say he actually is able to come back after like three weeks a month. This is very similar to what was uh, you know, bothering him last year. He might be chronic shoulder injury guy. He certainly was before 2021. He's a guy who famously has carried injury problems along uh, alongside him. I don't think he's the Yankees closer of the future for that reason. Uh, but I think entering the season, I would have rather seen him close than Chapman. Then I saw yeah. something I didn't like. I saw injured Jonathan Loisaga. Uh, so not the best case scenario that he's hurt, but a way better scenario than if he were just completely healthy and unable to repeat what he was able to do last year. So you're losing three guys, two of whom are at the opposite of the peak of their powers. And you're going to need to fill that spot with Wandy Peralta getting bumped in usage, Clay Holmes becoming the de facto closer. Lucas Lickie's got to get better. He's been awful as well. Clark Schmidt is going to pitch hopefully every three days or so at this point. Yeah. Michael King is going to need to be something close to what he was in April, maybe a middle ground between May and April, but we can't be having Michael King coming in struggling. Uh, although Aaron Boone, again, uh, sends Jordan Montgomery out for the seventh, his one of his highest pitch counts of the year. Two-run game, gives up a solo home run to start it, and then he's like, all right, Michael, come on in. Like, if we could get a clean inning for Michael King, that would be great. You're warming him up to start that inning, and the best-case scenario is he comes in with a guy on base, yeah. right? And the worst-case scenario is he comes in and already the deficit's been cut. So I don't understand that, but obviously he comes in, has to be perfect, isn't perfect. I only check my phone when I'm stopped. 35 really means 40, for real, though. I've been driving long enough to know when I can look away for a second. I take this way every day so I can tell when it's okay to go a little faster. When it comes to reducing fatal crashes on Columbus streets, what you think is okay is not. Using a cell phone when stopped and speeding five miles over the limit causes crashes and costs lives. Slow down. Pay attention. It saves lives. Be a Vision Zero hero. Help reduce fatal crashes in Columbus. Visit columbus.gov slash vision zero to learn more. Need Michael King to step up for sure. Uh, and Sears, I don't think is going to be an option for them. Uh, now, uh, credit to Sears. You can say what you want about the Orioles lineup. You you can say what you want about the fact that he had to shrug off some erratic defense in the middle innings. You can say, you know, he did it, sure, but he did it against the Orioles. I would take the Orioles lineup from yesterday over the Yankees lineup from yesterday. Probably. Mullins, yeah. all-star. Mancini, star. Santander, star and kills us. Hayes, budding star and kills us. Mountcastle, young star. Rutschman, number one prospect in baseball. Bottom third of the lineup, Arias is a bad baseball player. Rubenet Odor is a bad baseball player, but he crushes us and hits homers. Dory Mateo is a bad baseball player. Yankees lineup, Hicks, the worst player in baseball. Judge Rizzo Torres. Miguel Andujar in the five spot was high yesterday. Gallo coming off COVID and struggling. Kyler Falefa, contact hitter. We love him. Not an elite baseball, uh, you know, a good hitter. Is always going to be roughly below average in his output for the season. Marwin Gonzalez, Kyle Higashioka, the second worst hitter in baseball behind Aaron Hicks. Joey Gallo's <laughs> in the middle of that lineup. That lineup was really not good and was objectively worse than what I just read off from the Orioles, which has <laughs> six threats and then Rubenet Odor at the bottom. Odor would be the fifth best hitter in that Yankees lineup. So say what you will about Sears, but he conquered a lineup that was better than the one that scored two runs off the Orioles opponent. Uh, so I was very impressed, but I, I, I do understand what the Yankees are doing here. Now, McKay is a wild card. We don't know a lot about him. 
somebody who's been injured in the past and, and put up great numbers in Detroit and then just awful numbers last year. I'll, I'll pull him up because I do want to be uh, citing accurate stats. But the reason David McKay was available is because he uh, – oh, no, actually his numbers have always been dreadful at the major league level. Excuse me. Uh, but in 2019, he struck out 29 and 19 in the third innings but put up a 5.59 ERA for the Tigers. You can see that as somebody who, you know, high strikeout but a lot of hits and a lot of walks like Matt Blake looking at that going, I can fix that. And then 2020 though, it pitches a third of an inning, gives up two runs, finishes the year with a 54 ERA looking to have his first ever sustained success at the major league level. He went a shutout inning with a strikeout in his first appearance for the Yankees this week. The Yankees are trying to pull off what the Rays always do and troll the Rays with one of their previously owned players. David McKay was on the Rays last year. I think you're going to see him twice in this series. We'll see if it matters. Um, and, uh, Manny Benuelos also traveling with the team, not on the roster, but on the taxi squad. That is another one that I I am really interested in seeing more from, uh, you know, maybe not immediately, obviously not on the roster, but certainly on the radar. So he is somebody who Sears, the Yankees have a, yeah, they're kind of, he's a big prospect relatively top 30, you know, in the twenties, 23 according to MLB pipeline. Like he's somebody they want to see more from, and he's got a shutout under his belt at the major league level. He's a starter to them. Manny Benuelos is more fungible. They will sort of take Benuelos' innings wherever they can get them. If they end up needing someone from the taxi squad, you know, he is not someone they view as someone who's going to be in the rotation in two or three years. He is a reclamation project who dominated in spring training has dominated with Scranton and deserves a shot at the big league roster at some point, no matter what capacity that's in. And he's worked really hard to get back here, but he hasn't necessarily worked hard to get back here as a slotted in starter. So hopefully we see him sooner rather than later. I would love to see what he has to bring as well. Cause the bullpen's going to need all the help it can get. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's other injuries mounting with the lineup. So the lineup is going to inherently create strain on the pitching staff. Um, and when it's this thin at the moment, um, the silver lining here is Yankees are getting tested a little bit earlier than they had expected. Things were going very, very well for the first five or six weeks. Um, and now not that things have cratered, but um, you thought we were going to probably exist a little bit more uh, longer from a health from a, uh, a health uh, perspective than, than we did. Um, Gallo hit the COVID IL. Now he had a little bit of, he was, he was, everyone keeps saying he's getting hot. He's just getting closer to not uh, excruciating. Um, but he had that little stretch where he was doing a little bit here and there. Um, and his hits were meaningful and his walks were meaningful. And then he gets sidelined with COVID. Um, you have Tim LoCastro who's injured. He was a valuable bench player that kind of interrupts what the Yankees do late in games with specific um, in specific situations. Um, you have Stanton now who initially it was believed to be a calf injury uh, injury is um, now ankle soreness. Yeah, that's um, weird. What's he's that? on the IL um, expect 20 days, folks. You know how this works. Do not yeah. expect John Carlos Stanton to come off the IL when he's eligible to be activated. Might be 30. Probably will not happen. Um, and then of course you have, uh, Josh Donaldson who was getting a lot of meaningful time and a lot of meaningful hits and a a ton of meaningful defensive plays. He's been the amount of ground balls the Yankees have induced this year, especially the left side of the infield and the amount of plays that he's made has been, has saved a ton of runs, um, on top of his one game suspension for, um, his poorly, uh, poorly, uh, poor choice of words directed at Tim Anderson, um, then snowballed into a 
COVID uh, stint or he doesn't have COVID. He has six symptoms. He's just hanging out on the COVID IL. They're not sure if he's going to travel with the team. So that's another guy you're down. So you're going to get a lot. We're going to see a lot of action from guys uh, and DJ LeMay who's wrist injury. So we don't know exactly what the status is there. Um, the MRI was okay, but I don't know if he's dealing with soreness or if he's going to be held back a little bit in the series. Um, and then Florial was sent down. Um, so now you're looking at w- what happens here. You tell me, what, what, what does this mean? Does this mean we're going to get more Aaron Hicks in the leadoff spot? Does this mean Joey Gallo is going to be oh, batting great. cleanup? Does oh, great. this mean like, the, and those are both, those are both problematic situations because Aaron Hicks has been bad. And once, like I said, Joey Gallo folks, not getting hot, just getting somewhat serviceable, was getting somewhat serviceable, uh, rooting for the guy, but let's be a little bit realistic and not get too delusional on that front. Um, and one thing I'm a little bit, can I say nervous? I'm not really nervous, but uh, this stretch of games could also be good, could also be detrimental, um, placing a little bit of pressure, in my opinion, on guys like Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres, and Isaiah kiner falefa mm-hmm. um, Anthony Rizzo has cooled off tremendously. Uh, Anthony Rizzo has been great um, from, you know, from a larger perspective, but his average and his OBP have dropped dramatically over the last month. It's been like, I think, um, 50 average points and 60 OBP points or something. Um, I think I had it somewhere marked up. Um, yeah, two, he went from 290 to 232 and uh, for average and 402 to 350 since – April 28th until before yesterday's game. Um, So not great. Um, And then you have Glaber who has assimilated into this lineup. You, you could ask for better production from Glaber Torres. Absolutely. But his clutch hits his defense, you can't ask for more on that front. Um, So now you got a little bit more of a spotlight on Glaber Torres. Is he going to be able to, we saw what happened with the spotlight with him these last two years. It was not really not a good scene. I know the situation was different with shortstop and perhaps him um, uh, being relied upon to get more done in the middle of the lineup. He hasn't had that pressure. He's going to move up in the lineup now. Um, And IKF, um, when he's hitting for contact, this is a different team and it's a much better team. Um, And if he's hitting for contact against these, this raised pitching, um, that's going to change the complexion of every game. It's going to put the Yankees in much better situations. It's going to apply more pressure on the Rays. Um, so those are kind of the things I'm looking at. Um, if you have Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo magnified in premier spots in the lineup, we know it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for Aaron Hicks all year. I don't care what his OBP was earlier in the season when he batted lead off in sixth here and there. Um, it, it, he doesn't. It, there, there are many more aspects of the game that he impacts on uh, from a detrimental standpoint. Um, and Joey Gallo, I like Joey Gallo batting seventh. I don't really want him higher than that. Um, so the, the, the Giancarlo Stanton being missed is huge, everyone. I know that it's early and it doesn't really matter, but he has the most hard-hit balls in the entire league, more than any other team, including the Yankees. And then when you combine his with the Yankees, the Yankees run away with it. I think he has 28 at over 100 miles. And I forgot – Somebody had it up the other day, and I can't find this damn tweet. Either I'm way, glad. Yeah, we should combine his with the Yankees, though, because he is on the Yankees. So. Yeah, yeah. So, but he has 28. The Yankees have 26. I forgot what the uh, exit velocity was in which this person was um, putting the stats into context. So the Yankees have 54, and then the next closest team has like 25. Um, so Stanton has more than the Yankees, and then more than every other team in MLB. And Yankees are doubling up every other team. Um, so 
Just look out for that, guys. This is the second best hitter on the Yankees, 151 OPS plus, only behind Aaron Judge's fucking insane 210 OPS plus. Um, so you're going up against a very good team in Tampa, a team whose pitching has been fairly unbelievable this year based on uh, some of the losses that they have. Um, and now we got to look ahead to that. We got to look, see what's going on in this series, figure out how they're going to circumvent the, these the, the, uh, these really talented pitchers they're going to face with a weekend lineup. Yeah, Stanton is a huge loss. You, you, you talk all you want about the bullpen and, and saying, you know, what? actually the guys aren't performing well. So really, even if someone who replaces them doesn't perform well, you're kind of just getting a 50-50 swap. You know, I mean, Stanton is the second best hitter on this team when he's going right. Uh, he's been incredible so far this year. He has delivered in the clutch. He has delivered in the not clutch. He has homered. He was scorching hot flames, then was cold for like two weeks, and then scorching hot flames again. That's how he hits. It's a weird, he's a weird guy, but ultimately the numbers are there and, and you just want him right when you're facing top tier competition. And there's no way to pretend like that absence isn't going to hurt. LeMahieu is someone they need back too. Donaldson is someone they really need back. And theoretically, none of those three people who had COVID had COVID. So he can come back, but he's going to miss a game whenever he's done appealing his suspension. That is going to get upheld because the only thing more ridiculous than appealing that one game suspension is MLB reversing that one game suspension, which was levied to him as a as a, a, a blatant attempt to deal with the idea of yeah. racism. Um, and whether you agree that a one game slap on the wrist is appropriate or not, there's no way in hell MLB is going to think on it for a week and a half and then take that one game away. So Donaldson should just serve that. Regardless, they need reinforcements. Uh, they're about to face a raised pitching staff that is disgusting, uh, shouldn't be disgusting, is missing Tyler Glass now, uh, is missing Shane Baz, but has gotten better. Um, so the good news here, the Yankees need lineup reinforcements. They're not going to get him for this series. And LeMahieu might come back. Donaldson might come back. Hearing rumors Tim LaCastro could come back, but Stanton will not be there. His ankle inflammation is not as bad as calf strain. It's still Stanton. You shouldn't expect him back soon, but calf strain is the kind of thing that lingers. Mike Trout was out for months with a weird calf strain. Stanton's body is also strange. Stanton missed significant time with this in 2020, right? Judge missed significant time with this in the not-so-distant past. Uh, so ankle inflammation better than a cap strain, but still not playing in this series. The Yankees have four games on the road in Tampa in that hellhole. Maybe better that Stanton's not playing because he absolutely yeah. would have hit a 116-mile-an-hour ball into the roof or the rings only for it to fall to first base. Uh, and also he can't run on the turf in Tampa, and he hurt himself down there in 2020. So keep him off the field, I guess. Theoretically, that could help. They play the Rays 10 times out of 25 games. But the other six are towards the end of that mid-June stretch. June 14th through 16th, June 20th through 22nd. So the Yankees play the Rays a lot lately after playing the Orioles a ton to start the year. But this Rays stretch isn't exactly right around the corner. They have two and a half weeks to get right again. And LeMayhew should be back. Donaldson should be back. Gallo should be in rhythm. I I don't know. I'm just telling you what. Based on the current injury trajectory, you could even get Stanton back by those series. I wouldn't bet on it, but you might. Now, the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen. The Tampa Bay Rays starting staff. There are people here who have no business getting you out. The numbers will make you lose your freaking mind. Jason Adams. 
is the Tampa Bay Rays most <laughs> effective reliever. He's 30 years old. You ever heard of him? Doubt it. 0.96 ERA, 18 and two-thirds innings, four hits allowed, two earned runs, 24 strikeouts. The FIP, 1.83. The advanced metrics, 100th percentile in hard-hit metrics. Better than any, the 99th percentile, guys. He looks at them and laughs. KP <laughs> Fireisen acquired in the Willie Adamas trade. 21 innings, five hits, one run, none earned. 21 innings, zero earned runs. That's a zero ERA. <laughs> a .43 whip. Nobody gets on base. You want a rally? You can't get on base. <laughs> Jeffrey Springs is starting one of these games. Who the hell is that? 12 games, four starts, 27 and a third innings pitch, 15 hits, 27 Ks. 1.32. Jalen Beeks. I saw that guy pitch for the Red Sox. That guy sucks. No, he doesn't. <laughs> 11 games, 1.45, 18 and two-thirds innings, three earned runs. Colin Posh, who's blocked me on Twitter. Not sure why. 14 innings, eight hits, two earned, 12 Ks. Brooks Raley, 14 games, 12 innings, three earned runs, 2.25. Makes him the worst man in the bullpen. Not even in the bigs anymore. Phoenix Sanders, 10 innings, two earned runs, nine Ks. Dustin Knight, that's Dustin with an E. One point five nine ERA, five and two thirds innings. He's thirty one years old. The rotation: Ryan Yarbrough pitches tonight. We never hit him. He's exactly as bad as he always is. Fifteen innings, eighteen hits, four point two ERA. Corey Kluber, not great. Eight starts, four four two, thirty seven Ks, thirty and two thirds. We see him too. Don't see Drew Rasmussen. Why am I happy about not seeing Drew Rasmussen? Two point six eight. 41 Ks, 43 and two-thirds innings, and Shane McClanahan, the ace of this team, 2.06, 74 Ks, 74 Ks in 52 and a third innings. Probably your Cy Young favorite right now. Those are the reasons the Rays are licking first place and are in the wildcard picture right now. Those names. Unbelievable. It's like they're 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 committing some sort of identity theft because these people can't be real. They just have a, these guys have fake passports. I think Jason, Jason Adam is the name on the fake credit card they mail you if you want to <laughs> sign up for an Amex. <laughs> Lee M. Cardholder and Jason Adam are the two fake credit card guys. Uh, it's insane. Uh, the Rays overall, fifth in MLB um, in uh, ERA, 3.30. Um, they have allowed – they've allowed a decent amount of home runs though, 47 on the year, which only ranks – uh, which ranks tw- uh, tied for 22nd. Um, so perhaps the Yankees would take advantage there. It would be easier if Stanton was there because the power, if they're, if they have any, if this pitching staff has any deficiency, it's clearly giving up when they're giving up hits, the hits are homers. They're not giving up many hits though. Whip tied for uh second in the league with the Yankees 1.11 um, opponents batting average 218, um, which is good for fourth in the league. Absolutely incredible. Um so I don't know what the solution is here. Um, the Yankees have been dealing with this now for four years where the Rays are just putting random people in the bullpen or the rotation and they're, they're succeeding um, beyond belief, beyond, beyond anybody's wildest dreams. Um, when you're having guys in with whips that are point 
0.8 or below, um, I, I there are no words to describe what what they do or how they do it. Um, yeah, I've heard we, of sub dom relationships, but getting destroyed by whips. <laughs> never in Tampa. Never heard of that. Um, yeah, they are sadists in Tampa. Jason um, Adam. I don't know how often can he come into a series realistically. Uh, two, yeah, two times, three times. Uh, you're looking at. I mean, the, the the silver lining, if you want one, is that usually the Yankees go down to the Rays and you go, "Who are these pitchers and why are they destroying my life? Uh, why am I down? You know, seven nothing. I can't hit and not coming back in this one." Yeah. But you're you're typically looking at being overmatched in pitching matchups by guys you've never heard of in your life. The Yankees are right in all of these games. Yeah, Nestor Cortez and Ryan Yarbrough tonight. Again, Yarbrough usually rocks this lineup to sleep, but Nestor Cortez has been doing that to the rest of the American League this year too. Jamison yeah. Tyone on Friday, red hot, coming off of a shutout of the White Sox. Jeffrey Springs is his, you know, they're facing each other, but you can't say one of those people has been more surprising than the other necessarily. Saturday, Garrett Cole, who needs a big start against Corey Kluber, who's the worst name on this list somehow. And then Luis Severino matching up with Shane McClanahan. I'm happy with all four of those guys going for the Yankees. There's no Hap in the bunch. No Sears making his first big league start. No one who you – entering the game, there's no one you have to hang on for dear life for here. And Jordan Montgomery, who's a terrible matchup for the Rays in general because they feast on soft-tossing lefties and and they feasted on him in the past – is the only Yankee not in this series. This lined up really well from a rotation standpoint, really terribly from an injury standpoint. And again, the Yankees have given themselves a proper cushion that they just need to show representative fight here. Uh, and, and this weekend can't end soon enough, honestly. And after the first game, you might hear me saying, end it all, end the series. It, just like when the Red Sox won 16-3 the other day against the White Sox, it's like, end it, don't need any more of these. We can move on to the next one. Um, you know, it, it, tonight might go terribly. I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and I know the Rays have the arms to make this interesting. And I know, uh, <clears throat> obviously, the Rays lineup, they've been red hot. They, they have faced less than impressive opponents, but so have we. There are not that many impressive opponents in Major League Baseball right now. Um, and, and I'm going to look up the Rays' recent lineups just, just to make sure that it's the same guys who you know. I mean, the one guy who's been destroying people who you don't know is Harold Ramirez, for whatever reason, is red hot. But the rest of the names are extremely familiar Wander Franco was briefly battling stiffness. He's no longer doing that. Of course, he's back. Uh, but even if he wasn't, I'm sure Taylor Walls would have crushed us anyway. It's all the names you know, plus Harold Ramirez. Isak Paredes also from the Tigers. I'm actually seeing Paredes in tonight's lineup uh, and no G-Man Choi. And, and I'm seeing Walls at short. Uh, so I'm not sure why there's already a raised lineup for today's game at 640. But, you know, <laughs> hey, there, there's the information you sought. Uh, mostly familiar faces. It's just the guys on the mound who are going to make you tear your hair out. Yeah. Um, if there's one silver lining, um, it's at the race starters. I mean, they obviously have a good system in place. Their starters don't, don't last long. Um, Jeffrey Springs only had four starts on the year. Um, he's had one going to the fifth inning. Um, Shane McClanahan has been really the only workhorse here. Nine starts 52 and a third. Um, uh, Rasmus Rasmussen has been we're not facing him but nine starts 42 and a third that's that's not even five innings per start Kluber eight starts 38 and two thirds that's not even five innings per start um and then they're they have they have the classic mishmash of guys who are you know starting games here and there 
Um, so they're heavily relying on all this bullpen usage. So if you want to look at this and say, oh, wow, this sucks. We're facing a lot of very good guys for four games in a row. It's going to be hard for the Rays to a um, have their starters reach the absolute potential that they 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 can with their length and then also have the bullpen dominate. Um, just because even with this Yankees lineup injured, it still does it, it grinds it grinds it out um, against opposing pitchers. It works counts. Um, so uh, I think that's the only thing that we can kind of look at here. If there's any trend that 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 tells us that that might tell us anything about how the Yankees could could match up. Um, but then again, they failed miserably against the Rays in the past when this was the same blueprint. The Rays have had a handful, they had two really good starters, and then a and then like three or four guys who just mm-hmm. pop in, throw three to five innings very effectively, and then the bullpen piggybacks the rest of the way. So we will see. The only on a, the only ineffective pitcher on this entire staff who's actually with the team is Brian Thompson. Yeah. And he's been bad, bad. Um, and I don't, so I don't think they're using him in any meaningful situations or probably with the luxury they have right now with so many other guys pitching well, they can afford to use him in lower leverage situations for him to get back on track. Um, I do not know who Ralph Garza is. He's another not great guy. Um, and Josh yeah. Fleming, who's on the 40 man and has gotten a little bit of work, but hasn't entirely been great. Um, yeah. I mean, look, if the, it's, it's, I, you look at these stats, it's, it's, it's hilarious. I don't know. You'll ne- you'll never find, like, imagine if the Yankees came into the season with one of these guys on the roster, if Jason Adam was on the Yankees roster, um, I there is it's it's and it's going to be infuriating watching these faceless these faceless guys potentially buzzsaw the team if if they're not since the Yankees aren't at full strength. But you know what? The Yankees have proven to be resilient for most of this year. Um, and uh, regardless of the strength and opponent, I know the Rays kind of have their number if you're going to look at that. But um, the Yankees have faced a lot of adversity. They, they had a lot of games against the Blue Jays already. They had. Um, I know they didn't respond. They, they responded favorably after the first Donaldson Anderson spat in Chicago um, and then flopped in the double header. Um, the Orioles have taken them to the brink a number of times. They opened the season against the Red Sox after the Red Sox had punked them last year. So it's not like the Yankees have been cakewalking throughout this entire year without any storylines to boot. Um, there, there's been a lot of resiliency. There's been various guys stepping up, stepping up at various times, which you did not see last year. Um, so I want to go into this series with a little bit of optimism because it's already mentally draining to know you're going to Tampa. You know, you're going to watch those games on TV at the trop and it's, it's one of the worst viewing experiences there is. Um, so keep humming along Yanks. I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the doldrums about this with the injuries and having to face the Rays. I think, like you said, Hey, split happy with a split. Yeah, very fine with a split where last year a split is like, fuck, man, can you win just one series here? A split. Great. We'll take the split. We'll move on. Got the Angels and Tigers at home next week. We'll reset. Figure it out. No, I'd be overjoyed with the split. They're, they're, they're at the point. It's not just like it's not just pessimistic thinking. They're at the point where if they could just kick these games with the Rays down the road, kick the can like they, they're leading the Rays in the division. They can afford to tread water here, especially with the lineup and bullpen as depleted as they are. So we'll see what happens. The pitching is obviously strong from the Rays side. It's strong from the Yankees side as well. There's not a game in this series I look at and say no chance. Uh, you know, they're getting McClanahan, but the Rays are getting Severino, right? So let's see what happens. Let's let it play out. 
and Boz Glass now come back. I think they make this team theoretically scarier on paper, but Shane Baz didn't exactly intimidate the Red Sox last year. Uh, Boston ran into the ran down the Rays in the playoffs. Um, you know, we don't have any proof. This isn't just a regular season strategy. These Jeffrey Springs of the world going four innings and then giving way to the Jason Adams of the world. It worked all last year. It did not work as soon as the calendar turned. The Red Sox put the hurt on them because a good offense can overcome this mischief. Uh, so we'll see if a, a, a team like the Yankees can regroup, build their offense back up, and do it again this year. This series should be very interesting. Don't let it be a barometer for the way you view this team. I also think the Orioles are good. I'll die on that hill. Uh, good meaning, okay. good meaning, fine. Not yeah. good meaning, good, but good meaning, fine. Uh, so that was a big test. This too is a huge test for a depleted unit. We'll see what happens. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, back on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, you can find me if you need me, uh, if you have I'll any questions you. for me, at Adam Weiner on Twitter. Uh, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes, everybody. Let's go. Ratchet up the conversation. Uh, we got uh, Adam and I's bylines on yanksgoyard.com. Tons of content there for you. We're having a great time. Talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. Four games set against the Rays. Day off. Yankees not playing on Memorial Day. Uh, yeah. So right. you're not going to hear from us. Maybe. I don't know. Um, next week, Angels, Tigers, uh Take care of some business. Don't make it a disaster in Tampa. And I think everyone will be feeling fine. So until then, folks, enjoy your weekend. Nice extended weekend. Memorial Day. Hope you have a great one. We'll talk to you again soon. Oh, yes, we will. We will see you next week. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. Huh? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.